0: As, I, as we're going to talking about, you know, episodes five and six. One point I've I've been because I've had a few discussions about this, people saying, oh, it's like, is it the Mandalorian now that we're watching? Um, or is it, you know, is it is it now just about Grogu and Luke Skywalker again and all this type of jazz? And I feel you've got to very much take these series, the series that are helmed by. Favreau and Filoni, I don't feel, whilst they are telling individual stories, I feel to them, they are more mapping it out. They are telling a lot of stories in a particular time period, with Ahsoka to come up, another series of Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, they're all happening at the same time, and we're going to see these characters all interweave. With each other. So it's very much like more of a Clone Wars setup animation in where you can go and pick and follow different characters at different times and other people will evolve. I feel that's the whole point because what they're doing is they're not limiting themselves to only being able to grow characters or move characters' storyline on within their own series. They're very much giving that option to do that across series. You've got the growth of Fennec Shan and Boba Fett initially. In the Mandalorian. yeah. So it only makes sense. That you've got a little bit more growth of the Mandalorian. In Boba Fett. As well as Ahsoka. As well as the Luke and Grogu story. Why when you have. Three platforms. All going on at the same time. Limit yourself to only telling. Parts of these stories. In one particular series. Because yeah, then I- you just have so much more. To pack in. Where they now can go into season three. Of the Mandalorian having already answered and resolved certain questions, yeah, which yeah, makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense in the grand scope of things.
1: You know, yeah, that's the. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you, because when I watched episode six, I have to say, I was a little bit surprised that, like, okay, like, I thought episode five would be a Mandalorian episode and then six would go into something different. But actually, like, number six went even further into it. And I was kind of surprised because. Uh, I thought they would save a lot of those elements, like, you know, Grogu's training with Luke and Ahsoka, of course. Like, I thought they would save that for the Mandalorian series. But the fact that they didn't, it goes to show that they are laying out this world and storyline across these series. And at first, I was kind of annoyed, but then it, like, yeah, it it does make sense, you know. And also the fact that they are bringing, they're laying out these characters for them to kind of cross storylines, and also the fact that. Boba Fett already came back in the Mandalorian series. So the fact that the Mandalorian is coming back in his, in his series, you know, at, at first it does feel almost out of place, but it's, it's, you can see that there's, you know, a lot of cross to be happening. And, you know, coming back to your earlier point about saying that with the Pike Syndicate and the way they've laid it out and also the slow burn to create them as like a sort of adversary to him, um, it makes sense that perhaps, because I thought, you know, I thought this series would be much more self-contained to the pike syndicate and Boba Fett kind of like having to deal with them and stuff but actually this is clearly part of a larger storyline that is going to involve the Mandalorian and 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 all of that actually like it's you know if they had just taken out the pike syndicate in one season you know it, it would have been you know I'm sure it would have been very entertaining but it also would have kind of blown a huge kind of and these are like the replacements to like the huts and everything you know so they're clearly like a very powerful syndicate and you don't want to blow your wad <laughs> kind of in one season really and so what we're seeing is uh, yeah this sort of cross series happening but as you said like laying out that larger kind of landscape to to, to go forward into which you know and it will i think you know, the great thing is that it's going to make all the series kind of worth watching just to like plug in those gaps and. Yeah, I mean, we're already watching them anyway, but like for other fans to kind of go and, and just enjoy them because I think everyone really has great elements and great moments that, you know, play into each other and, and just little references here and there. And yeah, it, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see how they'll move ahead in each like series. Like, as you said, like Mandalorian series three, like now they've got like kind of all of this laid out and also a lot of that Luke Grogu story kind of dealt with, you know, where are they going to take that? and then you know, Boba Fett Series 2, like, how will that kind of evolve, you know? But those questions will only be answered after The Mandalorian Series 3, so oh my god, Ben, like, there's just (laughs) just a whole world laid out in front of us, like, you know, and how it's, I mean, the kind of great thing about it is that there's been so many shocks and surprises that, you know, you do want to keep going back to watch to see, like, I mean, because when Episode 6 was airing, you know, one of my friends from work, another Ben, by the way, who's a huge Star Wars fan chat to Ben uh if he's listening I hope he is um he's a massive Star Wars fan so but he you know he he said to me that he's like oh god there's something trending on twitter I don't know if you should look at it but apparently it's a bit of a sort of spoiler and I was like oh god like so I, of course I went to check twitter and it, <laughs> it was uh you know no control <laughs> yeah i mean I, I you know i just had to i you know just but it was yoda that was trending and i was like oh my god like wow you know and to see that from like you know a book of boba episode like creating that much of a a sort of impact when uh, you know when it aired was that was really cool you know and it's yeah so just seeing like all these kind of surprises coming you know through the different series i mean yeah you know ultimately as i said like for me i was kind of surprised that initially it was like oh my god this is turning into a mandalorian series but then it's like it's all just kind of one thing really it's like one world it's they're trying to to Star Wars what they did to Marvel and that's actually what got me into Marvel more the fact that they were able to do that across so many formats of media you know series and films and you know comics and everything just bringing it all together in a way where it's like oh actually you can then just dive into this world and go into all these different directions like I mean this is what Star Wars is needed you know like as fans you know you're you're desperate to see more of the galaxy through different eyes and or through different kind of like you know, story lenses or whatever you want to call them. You know, Um and this is what we're getting. You know, so like as as fans, like, you know, how can you not like a lot of this stuff? You know, I'm 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 yeah, swimming in it, loving it. You know?
0: But this, but this is this is it, isn't it? You very much had the Skywalker saga, which landed nine films over a certain period of time. This is the Favreau and Filoni saga, and it's just done in a complete different format, and it's 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 taking leafs out of the marvel book which is quite easily done because who has been involved in the marvel cinematic universe the most john favreau who started off the marvel cinematic universe john favreau with iron man and iron man 2 and yet he's been involved in multiple films as producers and being acting and being part of it he has lived the marvel cinematic universe he has worked closely with um Kevin Feige, he understands completely the blueprint of how that works by interlinking particular and different stories by making it more one big overall story than isolated stories that you can only have and include certain characters in. I'm very sure at the beginning when Kathleen Kennedy brought Jon Favreau on, he was very much like, this is kind of my idea look how this is working with the MCU, which is a company under the same banner. Star Wars now needs to adopt this because it's got such a wealth of characters and history, even more so now brought on by the Clone Wars and the Rebels series created by Dave Filoni. And so then makes perfect sense. Bring Dave Filoni in. To hand it's like hey here's dave filoni he knows literally everything about star wars but he also quite, uh created two of the animated series which spans so many stories and so many different characters pick and choose what you want from that world and then create your saga this is exactly what they're doing no, it's no. a saga blueprint an mcu blueprint but it's it's a SCU. It's a star it's, you know, it's the Star Wars or SWCU cinematic universe, but it's done through these TV shows. And it makes perfect sense. Why limit themselves to having to go completely center on particular characters and feel like, well, why can't we just tell this bit of story over here or tell this bit of story over there? Wow. You know, the Ahsoka series is going to bring in so many different characters, but they probably think or well, why can't, I don't know, Boba show up in the Ahsoka series for one episode just yeah. to help with a particular thing? Or why can't we have uh, Grogu in a particular episode? Or what we will bring on to, Mr. Cad Bane, who we've obviously now oh. been producing live action. Why can't we have him in the Ahsoka series? Because yeah. why, why? it's all going on at the exact same time. So let's just take advantage of all. Let's not limit ourselves and tell this story whilst they might have different titles to the show. It's all the same story. Yeah. You're just jumping on board with different characters at different times. And that is one thing, like you said, you're just soaking it all up because that's we've never had this before. We've never been able to. We're literally sitting in, like we discussed last year, when we watched The Bad Batch, and um, I said to you, because to, I know you haven't watched all the Clone Wars, but I feel you watched the last season of the Clone yeah, Wars yeah. to kind of get yourself started before coming into the Bad Batch. This is the whole thing that has kept Star Wars, especially more for the Star Wars fans, not for the world uh, wider audience, but for the Star Wars fans alive, has been the animated series that have sat between Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens. And that's been... Star Wars: The Clone Wars and Rebels. Huge amount of world building, huge amount of character character introductions, a lot of episodes which people rate as some of the best Star Wars that's ever been done. So why not adapt that format to the live action? When they have a platform like Disney Plus, this is what they're doing. It doesn't mean every single thing that they do is going to land because you're going to have to bring in so many different filmmakers. But we're sitting in glory years. We're go- <laughs> I mean, if, if what tr- trilogy was the golden age of Star Wars, then we're going into the platinum age very much because I feel we've yeah. now got the culmination of everything coming together with almost like, <laughs> I mean, how can how can you not? And one particular thing I, I, I want to say is the introduction of Cad Bane obviously not everyone would have known him if you hadn't watched any of the animated shows, but because I was fortunate enough to watch those, the introduction of this character, I have never felt a, a scene for me personally recently as tense yeah. as I was when I was watching that Western standoff yeah. in the middle of the desert between the Marshall and Cabane. Yeah. Oh my god! I was literally just like eyes wide and peeled, staring at the screen, going, "Oh, oh gosh!"
1: He he had that gravitas of like almost like a the Darth Vader kind of, you know, um, you know, just appearing that it's like, "Who is this guy in the desert?" Just approaching, and you know,
0: one of the best character for me personally, one of the best character character introductions. In Star Wars history, is yeah. Cad Bane
1: absolutely? I mean, you know, well, desert comes a stranger. You know, one thing that Star Wars always does well is a, a good bounty hunter, and Cad Bane is just like, oh, he's just again, like a really cool character. Who, and we, you know, we got to see him in Bad Batch quite a lot as well, where he was also really deadly and cool. Um, and to see him now in the live action is like, oh, I mean, when it went. That final scene, I mean what he was on screen for the whole of like five minutes, and it was already like i mean that was one of the most memorable things on or an already very memorable episode i mean, bloody hell, um
0: of course, we get to see him he's in bam batch, isn't he yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah exactly. exactly he he uh is trying to catch the uh he, wait well, he's he's on their tail like most of the time and then trying to um trying to catch Omega. That's it. I was trying to remember her name. Omega. That was it. Um, but yeah. And you know, and he, and again, in that he was already presented as a great character, as I said, but to see him in, in the live action is epic. Um, kind of skipping back to episode five, I've currently just got it on the TV at the moment and, uh, let's have a little chat about this. I mean, the, you know, we're, we're seeing the Mandalores now on their new kind of, uh, kind of planet base or like ring planet base um
0: i mean that looked a bit epic didn't it very much yeah. right reminded me i think of the if you've seen the chris nolan film interstellar
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah that like near the end of the film way into the future they actually end up living on a, a particular place like that
1: because yeah, it reminded me of halo and like i think the planet in halo and halo one is a ring planet as well right and uh, you know so seeing that i was like oh wow this is like really cool bit of science fiction lore here, you know. Um, but seeing the, yeah, I mean, you know, the Mandalorian, like, first of all, come in and, like, you know, do his his mission at the beginning, looking badass with his, you know, just his, his armour and his his spear. I love that spear. I'm, I was so sad that they got rid of the Abeskar spear. I understand why they got rid of it, because it defeats the purpose of the armour. But, like, it was just such a cool weapon to, like, walk around with and just have, and uh, so I was, I was sad to see that, but Seeing the Mandalors, um, you know, you've got to respect them. You know, there's like three of them left, and they are still so diligent with the way and, you know, how <laughs> just committed they are to like, not taking off their helmets. And, you know, when, and, I mean, you know, when, when Jin Jarin, um I mean, you know, he, he's also incredibly, they're all so honorable as well. The fact that, have you removed your helmet? Uh, kind of, you know, like.
0: <laughs> I was wondering what I was going to say. He goes, because uh, he was silent and she's like, have you moved? I like, well, you see what, well, see what happened was, is. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he he's going to have so many like this. Like, I was on a mission and I had to do it or else the mission. But, you know, the funny thing is, as well, is that if he had lied, you know, she wouldn't have been able to see his face. But then, he would have hesitated. And he'd be like, yeah. uh, loved no. Us. And she's like, you hesitated.
0: That's a lie. <laughs> I loved him to say, well, okay, well, the first time, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean,
1: get get out. Just get out. More than one. Yeah, I mean, that that whole, I, you know, I kind of, I, I thought that was actually just quite a funny moment, you know, uh, in terms of just, especially with the other, mandalorian uh challenging him to the dark saber and then losing so he retains it but then he's cast out of the Mandalors, and or the new mandalore or the new, you know the kind of the i mean you know there was literally three of them and then they cast them out and now there's kind of two of them and i just thought that whole setup was like quite funny but also again quite interesting to see how the Mandalorians will carry on from this point onwards, you know. That I you know, I feel that somehow they're, you know,
0: there's, there's more than two, isn't there?
1: I, I, mean, th- I hope so. Like, you know, th- yeah. this is kind of the funny thing is that, you know, <laughs> like if there is only two, it's like wow, they're really taking their chances here by like casting out the one with the Darksaber who they just lost to, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I feel that the next time we'll see them, they'll, they'll, yeah, grow in numbers and, you know, become more powerful and then. You know, I mean, again, the dark is already a really interesting element to bring into that, and what will be the future of that? You know, um, and also how it will play into the end of this season of Book of Boba. You know, they kind of made a point about it and him having it and stuff. Um, so, how will it play into it? You know, like because I mean, that's also like a really interesting point. Seeing Jinjar and like having to get it under control and not fight it and and also, like, that cross of the Mandalorians with the Jedi. I mean, that's, you know, this is what's kind of interesting about bringing him back in and, you know, having him go to the training with uh, Grogu and Luke as well. I mean, I feel that there's something in the air around Jinjaran and how he will be a sort of Mandalorian Jedi and how Grogu will sort of take his place alongside him as a Jedi Mandalorian yoda type i don't i don't know but i'm kind of i'm i'm excited you know ben like i mean this is i feel no, that there's something the, in the air
0: the dark saber is and um, was created by a jedi mandalorian
1: exactly so i mean you know that that do you think do you think uh, okay I'm, I'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there do you think that jin jaron is holding on to the dark saber for grogu to eventually take up as perhaps some sort of replica of the Jedi Mandalorian.
0: Um I haven't thought that before. I feel he's I feel he's holding on to it, or at least what we see due to tradition only currently. Yeah. Because he tried to give it to Bo Katan. Because remember we got Bo katan and their troopers still around.
1: Yes true. That's true, yeah
0: other Mandalorians
1: they're they're helmet removing Mandalorians so like they're not of the way okay like (laughs) they're of a different way (laughs) they're they're like
0: they've got the this is the way people and then we've got this is the other way (laughs) (laughs) which is now what our good what our good man our good man Mr. Mandalorian Pedro Pascal is he is now this is the other way (laughs) um So, I don't feel that's what he's currently doing. I feel he's holding on to it because he had to. He doesn't want it, um, so to speak. Uh, He doesn't like using it, but he obviously needs to be trained to use it. Maybe he gets trained by a certain someone. Who knows? Um, There is a season in Star Wars Rebels, animated, um, where... um, I've forgotten her name now Sabine Wren who is another the other way person who removes her helmet she comes into possession of the dark saber and she is taught in part by jedi on how to master and use it yeah um, so maybe maybe we're heading that direction uh for good old mando um it's an interesting one. I mean, when we touch on episode 5, I absolutely loved it. I want to also touch on the fact of the Naboo starfighter.
1: Oh, I was I was just going to say we we can't leave that out as an element that oh. Oh. <laughs>
0: what what a little what a little inclusion that is. And do you know what the other bit which I I've, I've, I found absolutely brilliant. I can't remember what they call this part within. They were like it needs this particular part. We need to find this part and they go and find it for him, and the part is the exact same thing that they use in the trash compactor to try, and it's the long metal pole, exactly oh, yeah, the same was, design, yeah. and it's what they use in the trash oh,
1: compactor. Yeah. Uh, I was like... Episode what? one, uh, well, episode
0: four. Little Star Wars random... <laughs>
1: that's really, oh, you know, that's so funny. I was wondering where I'd seen that before, and you're absolutely right. That is—is is from the trash compactor, and that's... that's I, I mean... That whole kind of Naboo Starfighter scene, it was so funny because, I mean, as I think we probably mentioned before, but, you know, I was a huge fan of Rogue Squadron, the the Star Wars flying games.
0: Oh, me uh, too, me too. Uh,
1: that came out and, like, getting onto the Naboo Starfighter, they were always really fast and powerful, like, Starfighters. So to now see one kind of, you know, in the show and just bringing it back, I mean, that was such a... a, a you know, it, it's kind of just a hilarious sort of fan service drop. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know what? Let's give them a Naboo Starfighter. And it's like, yeah, why not? Why the bloody hell not? You know, and yeah. It, yeah, they're already elite kind of ships. So, to, I mean, I certainly have some questions as to, you know, how useful it will be for uh, Jinjarin, you know, like. <laughs> so, I,
0: do you know what? <laughs> That's the same thing. This is, uh, God, this is such like a, I don't know what this is, but it's, it's such a, boost Boo Starfighter. That's so cool. How practical though.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got his little Grogu dome behind him, but like. He gonna go to the loo. He hasn't yeah, got where's he going to put the and bounties? bounties?
0: Yeah. Um, he's got nowhere to put the bounties. What we should have is like a Naboo Starfighter. Here, here we go. Here we go. Let's get a new Razor Crest that yeah. the Naboo Starfighter could mount onto. Now we're talking. Come on, they've already yeah. taken this Naboo Starfighter to Dominic Toretto's like garage to yeah. beef up. So let's have a Naboo Starfighter Razor Crest combo. Why not?
1: Why yeah, not? I mean, yeah, because you know this is the thing with the Mandalorians is that you know that like with you know Slave One, you know which by the way also rescue. You know we see the rescue in in Episode Four, which is an epic moment, and then Boba Fett also uses it to take out the bikers and then take out the Sarlacc bit, which was both, you know, great little moments. Um, but yeah, you know, like, it's just kind of surprising that Jinjarin is going for more of the uh, stripped down, uh, you know, kind of uh, starfighter in comparison to the, the more family-sized, you know, um, offer Raised that Razorcrest crest had, you know, it, I mean... Um, it, 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 I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how Grogu will adapt to these new conditions and whether he'll be happy or not. Because I feel that, you know, he might have to like get him some sort of maybe they'll get some sort of Naboo caravan for it, you know, that Grogu can like live in whilst they're going on long trips or something like that. <laughs> but then again, like this Naboo star fight is so quick that it's like, you know.
0: I reckon, I reckon he's going to gift it to someone at some point.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It's going to be like a payment for, not a payment for something, so to speak, but it's going to be used as a bargaining chip in some way, shape or form. It's either going to be used as a bargaining chip or as a gift to someone who needs it.
1: Mm. So you saying that, it would make, the names that jump out to me are like Ahsoka or Luke, you know, like having to do some sort of mission, maybe with Grogu, maybe without him. Well,
0: you know, Luke's uh, still got his X-Wing because he uh, he hasn't got any better at parking it because I think we <laughs> see him half in the swamp again when uh, the Mando arrives there. So he's a good, um, always manages to miss the hard land and land it straight in the water every single time.
1: Maybe um, it's his equivalent of like a garage, you know, like, oh, I'm just parking it and it's like, it's just sinking now, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll get out in a few years, you know, just with my mind, it's fine, you know. With, with all these frogs, too, you know?
0: <laughs> with all these frogs. I mean, that's uh, one thing we might as well, and obviously touch on, is we get the reintroduction of Luke Skywalker, which Woo-woo. I, I want to hands down to the people, the ILM. Those graphics are just... They're knocking it out of yeah. the park um, for what they're able to do. We know Mark Hamill reprises his role again. Just, just so amazing, isn't it? Mark Hamill must be just so... I don't even know. He's—it's like he's lived three different lives. Well, no, I'm going to say he's lived four lives. Mark Hamill—he's lived the life before Star Wars. He then li- he then lived the life of Star Wars, being like the absolute act- superstar that he was. He then he then obviously went more into voice acting, and and Star Wars wasn't a bigger thing. And when it came back in the prequels, he wasn't involved in that. Then he got brought back again in the sequel trilogy and he's like back to being luke skywalker again and then luke skywalker's character gets killed off and then he gets to come back again yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like i'm back <laughs> yeah. it's like playing all different elements of i mean it just must be absolutely brilliant i i abs- i did i did love it to kind of it's hard to know if they will continue the story on before it must cost an absolute fortune to have that character on screen all the time yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, and it, well, it does, I completely agree with you, it looks so good in terms of getting yeah. his face just post-Return of the Jedi in that, you know, that era. And it's, yeah, like, it's seamless.
0: But it's, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because there's so much, and just because of the time of, of when everything has been made, but there's so much story that was never told. Yeah. It might have been told in books that they now call Legend, might have been told in the comics, might have just been told on a Wikipedia page somewhere, but it's never been told in live action. And there's so much of Luke's story and other people's stories, like we're now getting with Obi-Wan series and all that coming up. It's just so... it's It's really nice, because at the same time, once I was screaming out for Star Wars, which wasn't in this particular time period, Star Wars before or Star Wars after, or way before or way after. But in the way that they're doing it now, you kind of love living in this period. And without having to jump forward five, ten years at a time, you're just living in the moment and you're following a continuous story within this time frame. Yeah. It's, just, it's just kind of... And the way they've done it with the introductions of Luke um, and Ahsoka... But mainly Luke uh, and him being a part of it is just you just got to tip your hat because it's such a huge risk to begin with, but they're executing it really well. And whilst yeah. I, whilst at the same time I don't want it all the time, but bringing it back to really add to the story. I just I just feel it's it's executed very well. I feel that Mark Hamill's especially got a relationship with the character now, yeah. that he's very willing to come back and do stuff if it's right.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel that, I mean, I, that type of discussion, don't you? Where he's like, hey, you know I love this, but the script and the story has to be right for me to want to come back each time and add a bit more.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, we had as we've been discussing with, like, Clone Wars and Bad Batch and how that filled so much of the timeline between the uh, prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. Uh, And then having other movies as well, such as Solo and Rogue One also filling in certain gaps. I mean, you know, with the, the new trilogy that came out, you know, now we have this whole timeline that goes up to you know, essentially Luke's death and, and Leia's death and etc. And, and Han's death. But that's like, you know, 20, 25 years that we've, you know, there's so much story to be told there that before where they were like using animation to fill those gaps, like now they just have this kind of, you know, an ideal sort of live action setting to be able to fill in that whole story. And Yeah, and you're right. I think, I mean, like with Luke, I mean, to be honest, at this point, I think he's so intertwined with the character that it would, you know, I I doubt he would ever really reject the plans they have. Because I feel that he's going to be more featured as a character because with the success of these live action series and with the issues that the new trilogy had, I feel that they're going to use these series to plug in some of those gaps and perhaps... Um, fill up that storyline contextual detail of like Luke as a because like for example even seeing Luke with Grogu and how he was training him and you know I thought it was quite interesting you know at the end of you know episode 6 where he's saying you have to choose between being a Jedi and being like a Mandalorian essentially and I, it just made me think like oh god you're such like a you're still like that old school Jedi where it's like all or nothing you know
0: Especially when he didn't make that choice
1: Exactly, you know, that
0: literally, it, literally Yoda and Obi Obi Wan came back as uh ghost Obi Wan, and Yoda were like, No, Luke, you can't like you have to pick Jedi's. Like, now nah, I'm gonna go and see my friends. See ya. bye,
1: yeah, exactly. That <laughs> it's, it's it's um, that even Luke as a character sort has like so much to kind of grow and understand to the point where he gets to like you know in in the last Jedi that you know, the because the, besides everything that happens with Kylo Ren, there's got to be. Loads of other stuff that happens in between, you know, now and then. So it, it's, it's kind of like a prime time for his character as well. You know, like, it, 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 you know, it's kind of funny to think that in the original trilogy, you know, I mean, we, I think we did this once on a podcast. Like, by the end of Return of the Jedi, like, how old is Luke Skywalker? He must be like late twenties to like early thirties. Uh, you know,
0: see, I think I think that's it. He's 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 like late twenties, early thirties.
1: Yeah. So like. Still a young guy. Like I'm, I'm 32, you know, and I consider, and i you know, I'm chatting on a podcast about Star Wars. Like I still consider myself a, you know, fairly young dude. So Luke Skywalker still so has plenty of of life left in him, you know, to to live and and for us to enjoy and see and like, and for him to eventually come to, you know, the character that he is in in the Last Jedi. So you know, the, the and. To be honest, I'm just very happy that we're getting a live action kind of format of it all. And actually seeing episode six and how they were able to bring Luke back and actually like, as I said, like how seamless the graphics were to like make him essentially I mean they can make him really whatever age between um you know Return of the Jedi and, and Last Jedi, like very well. It'll be interesting to see how that how that develops, really. You know, I feel that the ahsoka series will probably tackle a lot more of like having luke as a a, you know more of a main character but who knows who knows with mandalorian and stuff um you know it's it's it'll be interesting to see to say the least but it's um there's so much story to be told you know that we i mean you know between now and 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 the first order as well i mean you know i feel that yeah the, you know the, these live action series will just lay all that context out and but <laughs> i mean with the the issues that there were with the, the the new trilogy you know i feel that all of this story in between is actually going to be the stuff that is almost you know worth watching more in some ways because we're just going to have so many like interesting characters and all these these origins of these characters and and all that context building and like a really interesting time you know it's post empire it's new republic it's it's yeah like all sorts going on like it's kind of like you know there's this huge vacuum that's being filled and being told in so many different ways and wow well, you know and it, and also we're not just getting the, the the look through traditional characters of jedi and non-jedi it's you know now we're just diving into this world you know we've got tusken raider legacy stories and you know mandalorians and you know kind of you know fighting for survival and everything it's just yeah i mean god you know we, we it's a really interesting time, I think, you know, in terms of like being a Star Wars fan and, and enjoying the, the, you know, this live action content really, you know?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. So, oh, so much so far. Yeah. and I mean, we're going to jump on again, um, after the finale episode, which will be coming this Wednesday. Um, so, Hey, who knows what's going to happen, but from what I'm, Thinking we're out for an, a high level battle, yeah, of uh, some epic proportions to a certain extent, and we're just gonna see some kickassery go on. and I believe we're gonna get some rancor riding, and
1: yeah, I, I think there's gonna be a Danny few surprises.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Danny Treasure like bounces in and <laughs> yeah. halfway through the fight, Boba's gonna go, Can I have a go? <laughs>
1: yeah. yep. Yeah, that's it. There's going to be that. I feel there's going to be more surprises, more oh, unknowns. Just, but also I feel that there might be, you know, a couple of uh, downturns in some ways. You know, setting up for series two, series three of Mandalorian. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? So, but it is definitely an, an, a very interesting and exciting time to be a Star Wars fan right now.
0: It is indeed fun times, guys. See you on the other side. Oh, my